you can use your conscious ability to choose what you desire and impress that and implant that into your subconscious. That's a pretty powerful statement. The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started here. I'm going to summarize the next few sections of this chapter. Hill goes on to say that intemperance in sex habits is just as detrimental as intemperance in habits of drinking and eating and that a sex mad man is not essentially different than a dope mad man. Both have lost control over their faculties of reason and willpower. Sexual overindulgence may not only destroy reason and willpower, but it may also lead to either temporary or permanent insanity. So that's quite a statement there. And he's making the argument that you you need to, that, that on the one hand, you want to express your sexual nature. You want to tap into this incredible stimulant that pulls you into your creative faculty and connection with infinite intelligence, the, your sex drive, right? Your sexual nature and you must channel it you must be the master of it and not let it master you alone he says sex alone is a mighty urge to action but its forces are like a cyclone they are often uncontrollable yet when when the emotion of love begins to mix itself with the emotion of sex genius man attains to the status of a genius only when and if he stimulates his mind so that it draws upon the forces available through the creative faculty sex drive that might be chief among the stimuli with which this stepping up of vibrations may be produced is sex energy the mere possession of this energy is not sufficient to produce genius it's not okay there are many people who have sexual drive he goes on to say, when driven by his desire to please a woman based solely upon the emotion of sex, a man may be and usually is capable of great achievement, but his actions may be disorganized, distorted, and totally destructive. Okay. So when driven by his desire to please a woman based upon the motive of sex alone, a man may steal, cheat, even commit murder. So that's, that's this kind of crazed out of controlness. I think that there's an element here in his writing that is based who, let's say you're single and you have this vision of being with a type of man or a type of woman, some person and as, as well. But in any case, he goes on to say that love, romance, and sex are all emotions capable of driving men to heights of super achievement super achievement remember love was one of the 10 mind stimulants but sex was changing your sexual desire into a driving force now how does that work 
You see that you have to become more and then you hold that muse, that idea in your mind's eye so that you do the things that are required of you to become more. To spin a way to get this this book kind of banned from, from publication, if you will. I think that it was a different day and age then. On the mystery of sex transmutation, and Hill goes on to say that all successful men that you can look back into in history had high highly sexed natures, meaning a high sex drive, and that they transmuted that into their their work into their action into their success the things that they were creating and he goes to list people like thomas jefferson and oscar wilde and abraham lincoln and ralph waldo emerson and william shakespeare these would be names that most people would know and recognize he also says that this is the case for one's contemporaries as well and not to misunderstand this that these statements do not mean that all people who have highly sexed natures are geniuses or are using that creative energy appropriately. They're not necessarily transmuting it, meaning converting it into a usable power. They, they might be dissipating it through actually pursuing the physical act of sex. Not that the physical act of sex is wrong or bad or something that should be avoided or or that you shouldn't pursue it or experience pleasure from it or regularly engage in it. He's not saying any of that, but he is saying that it is one of the reasons why, and again, he's speaking about men right now in this book, but I think the same thing holds true for women, that why men and women, people, seldom succeed before 40 is because they're so caught up in the pursuit of actual physical sex that they have not yet tapped into the power of transmuting it. So he, he's making the argument that you have to convert it, you have to harness it into action, into something that's other than that of a physical expression. And that's what's going to raise your status to that of, of genius, he says. I'm going to skip ahead here and talk about how to communicate this energy, this sexual energy. So he says, this energy may be communicated to others through the following media. The handshake. The touch of the hand indicates instantly the presence of magnetism or the lack of it. Pay attention to that. The tone of voice, magnetism or sex energy is the factor with which the voice may be, excuse me, may be colored or made musical and charming. So your voice, how are you communicating with your voice? And again, he's saying that this is magnetism for all of you that love the law of attraction. This is part of magnetizing what you want, attracting what you want. Additionally, posture and carriage of the body, highly sexed people move briskly with ease and grace. So important, so important. Are you comfortable in your body? Do you feel powerful in your body? Do you hold yourself confidently?
and that do, do you move with authority? That's important. Number four, the vibration of thought. Highly sexed people mix the emotion of sex with their thoughts or may do so at will and in that way may influence those around them. I speak a lot about this in my mastermind and masterclass. I teach people that there is transference of thought. You can impress upon someone else your thought. You can communicate that. And this is this is something that most people don't know how to do. They, they, they may be doing it, but they don't have conscious control over it. And you can you can access this and it's powerful. And then body adornment is the fifth item in this list. People who are highly sexed are usually very careful about their personal appearance. They usually select clothing of a style becoming to their personality, physique, complexion, etc. So I find that a very interesting aspect of, of this. And I want to share for, for me, back in the day when I was suppressing my sexuality, I was also suppressing the amount of time, energy, uh, worth that I put into my physical uh, adornment. And, and I could feel the conflict there, but I didn't know what it was related to. And I built both sides up concurrently. And I would say that attending to my adornment, if you will, how I got dressed and what I did started first before I really got the hang of this idea of sexual expression, full self-expression and tapping into your sex energy and drive to really have it be a creative life force for you that you can use for anything that you want to make manifest. So I'm going to leave you with those things and ask you, what could you do in that arena in terms of handshake, tone of voice, posture and carriage, vibration of thought and adornment? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started here. I'm going to summarize the next few sections of this chapter. Hill goes on to say that intemperance in sex habits is just as detrimental as intemperance in habits of drinking and eating and that a sex mad man is not essentially different than a dope madman. Both have lost control over their faculties of reason and willpower. Sexual overindulgence may not only destroy reason and willpower, but it may also lead to either temporary or permanent insanity. So that's quite a statement there. And he's making the argument that you you need to, that, that on the one hand, you want to express your sexual nature. You want to tap into this incredible stimulant that pulls you into your creative faculty and connection with infinite intelligence, the, your sex drive, right? Your sexual nature. And you must channel it. You must be the master of it and not let it master you alone. He says, sex alone is a mighty urge to action, but its forces are like a cyclone. They are often uncontrollable. Yet when, when the emotion of love begins to mix itself with the emotion of sex, the result is calmness of purpose, poise, 
accuracy of judgment and balance. So you want to recognize that that is a way to temper, you know, any sort of sex drive that might be pulling you off course. So this is not to say that you have to have sex within a, a love relationship, but it's something to consider there. So if you are finding that you might be a little off course with that, that could be a way to temper yourself. He goes on to say, when driven by his desire to please a woman based solely upon the emotion of sex, a man may be and usually is capable of great achievement, but his actions may be disorganized, distorted, and totally destructive. Okay, so when driven by his desire to please a woman based upon the motive of sex alone, a man may steal, cheat, even commit murder. So that's that's this kind of crazed, out of controlness. I, I think that there's an element here in his writing that is based on this being written in 1937 and needing to make this publicly acceptable to some degree. So I, I want to put that in context as as well but in any case he goes on to say that love romance and sex are all emotions capable of driving men to heights of super achievement super achievement remember love was one of the 10 mind stimulants but sex was before that isn't that interesting love is the emotion which serves as a safety valve and ensures balance poise and constructive effort i think I think that this was really that it is true it's not it's not not true but I think he's emphasizing this for many pages because to speak in 1937 about sex and sex alone would have been a way to get this this book kind of banned from from publication if you will I think that it was a different day and age then Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So again, we are in the chapter on the mystery of sex transmutation in Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill is making the argument that people who have high sex natures and are able to control them and transmute that sexual urge into another channel of work and action will have more success, be much more successful than the person who cannot do that. And this is applicable for you and your business as well. What are you doing with your sexual energy? Are you tapped into it? Are you expressing it? Are you suppressing it? Are you transmuting it? How are you using your sexual, uh, your natural human sex instinct and desire for sex? Now, Herein, he goes on to say that it is a very old saying that a man's wife may either make him or break him. But the reason is not always understood. The making and breaking is the result of the wife's understanding or lack of understanding of the emotion of love, sex, and romance. Now, let's translate this to 2020, which is the year I'm recording this in, and for women. So would it be true that your wife or your husband or your partner is going to be a make it or break it in your business success, in your goal achieving success? 
of anything that you're going after in your life. And I would make the argument that yes, it's true. Your partner matters. You are either with someone who builds you up or takes you down. And in regards to sexual nature and love, sex, and romance, are you with someone who admires and supports you in your masculine energy, which is very much the action-oriented, get get it done energy, the energy of task completion, all the, the projects that are required to build a business. This is the go out and slay energy. And, and even as a woman, you need to be in your masculine essence much of the time to build your business. Is your partner supportive of that? And then, and this is a, a real key question to ask, is your partner also supportive of you shifting into your feminine essence where you're open receiving and, and in that nurturing mode. Now, both men and women have masculine and feminine essences. We have them in different degrees and different people have a different emphasis in, in them as part of their natures. Are you able to switch gears? That's, that's a question for yourself. And does your partner help you do that? Because it's so important to also be accessing your feminine essence, your ability to receive and open and nurture ideas. You want to be able to receive income. You want to be able to receive opportunities, uh, growth, all of that. So is your partner part of your environment that is building you up and supporting you? That is a very good question. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. So we are entering chapter 12 of Think and Grow Rich today. Chapter 12 is the subconscious mind, the connecting link, and it's the 11th step towards riches. Hill says, he opens this chapter by saying, the subconscious mind consists of a field of consciousness. So that's a field of awareness in which every impulse of thought that reaches the objective mind, the objective mind is the conscious mind, through any of the five senses, sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, is classified and recorded, and from which thoughts may be recalled or withdrawn as letters may be taken from a file cabinet. So everything's recorded, everything, and you can access it and he's implying that you can access it at will. Now, many people suppress things and cannot access things in their subconscious mind at will. So I believe that that is a learned skill. It receives and files sense impressions or thoughts, regardless of their nature. Now, this is very important. Your subconscious takes in sense impressions. Sense impressions are things from outside of yourself, your senses, your sense of sight, taste, sound, smell, and touch, they are what allows you to receive information from outside of yourself and bring it into 
yourself. So it is through our sight that we can see the world and it enters our beingness, our, our experience, our internal world, our thinking, smell, taste, touch, sound, the senses is how we know things outside of us and bring them in to our interior world. So he's saying the subconscious files everything that you're receiving from the outside world through your senses into this filing cabinet that is your subconscious mind. Now your conscious mind is not aware of all the things that you experience through your senses. There are many things that the conscious mind filters out, but the subconscious receives it all. In addition, he's saying more than just sense impressions, that's part of it, there are thoughts that get impressed into the subconscious mind. Now thoughts are of an internal nature. They are your thinking. They, they come from inside of you. You are the one that's having the thought. Unlike the tree that you might be looking at outside of you, right? There's a difference there. So regardless of whether they are sense impressions or thoughts, and regardless of their nature, the subconscious files them away. So regardless of their nature, they can be positive or negative, powerful or weak, good, bad, large, small, irritating or peaceful. It doesn't matter what the nature of the thought or the sense impression is, it will get filed away. Everything does, everything does. You may voluntarily plant in your subconscious mind any plan, thought, or purpose which you desire to translate into its physical or monetary equivalent. So isn't that interesting? The subconscious cannot reject anything. It can only receive. It can only accept. It cannot reject. So you can use your conscious ability to choose what you desire and impress that and implant that into your subconscious. That's a pretty powerful statement. So for today, I'd like you to think about what you are subconsciously receiving. So you want to look at this from both your environment, who are you around, what, what kind of media you are open to what what kind of tv movie social media music you are are listening to what are you allowing into your subconscious what kind of conversations are you overhearing are there toxic people in your environment that are are gossiping or being negative about the world are you putting yourself in an environment that is not conducive to the goals that you wish to achieve what are you receiving in you it would be a great exercise for you to take an inventory and just you know every half an hour or hour jot down what have you been exposed to today because the subconscious mind cannot reject anything and then what are you consciously choosing to put in there most people don't make conscious choices about that and going back to the the semi-conscious world, 
I, I was going to say going back to thoughts, right? Because you have sense impressions and you have thoughts. You're also going to want to look at your thoughts. What are you, what are you thinking all day long? Because that's getting impressed into your subconscious. And as you will see, as we go through this chapter, your subconscious is what the drives your actions. It's the directive force in your life. So you want to be very conscious about what you're putting in your subconscious. So if your thinking is a monkey mind that is going all day long, complaining, being upset, being a bad attitude girl, um, not being the, the person who, who you know yourself to be that's, that's, happy, joyous, going forward, excited, enthusiastic, whatever your words are for yourself. If you're in, in bad attitude, that's also something that you're going to want to make a note of. So I, I think of that kind of thinking as semi-conscious. Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. We are in chapter 12 on the subconscious mind and Hill says here, the subconscious acts first on the dominating desires which have been mixed with emotional feelings such as faith. So this is important. The subconscious acts. It's going to direct you. It's going to, to say, go here, not here. It's going to give you the, the way forward and direct every action and thought that you have. And it acts first based on what your dominating desires are. So you might have a desire that is perhaps your true desire, but it isn't what you think about all the time. A dominating desire is the thing that you think about all the time. So you want to line that up. You want to make sure that your big stretch goal, your the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning is what you're thinking about all the time, not all these little inconsequential things of life that are mundane. You want to, to really make sure that the big, master plan that you have for yourself, your juicy desire is what you're thinking of most of the time, the majority of the time, because that is what your subconscious is going to act on first. And he says here, which have been mixed with emotional feeling. That's important. If you don't get emotionally involved with the goal that you have, it won't be what your subconscious pays attention to and acts upon. You must get emotionally involved with what you want. Now you can get negatively emotionally involved with what you don't want. And guess what? Your subconscious will work on that first because it can't tell the difference between something positive and negative. It accepts everything. So if you are emotionally involved with something, even if it's something that you don't want, that's what it's going to act on first. So for today, I want you to think about what you are desiring most of the time. Are you thinking about a small inconsequential desire? Like, I don't know, 
what, what to have for dinner and making that the thing that you think about all day long? Or are you making your big goal your dominating desire? Do you set a goal and then forget about it? Or do you keep it present for yourself? And then what are the feelings that are mixed with that goal when you think about it? Are you emotionally involved in it in a positive way? Good morning and welcome to another great day with the Morning Mindset Club. I'm Amira Alvarez and let's get started. Hill goes on to say, you cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over to it any plan, desire, or purpose which you wish transformed into concrete form. Again, read instructions for using the subconscious mind in the chapter on auto-suggestion. If you wish to go back and listen to my teaching on that chapter, the best and easiest way to do that is to join the Morning Mindset Club. Many of you are already in that listening to this, but if you're listening from the podcast where we do a compilation of these recordings, you will want to join the Morning Mindset Club, which is at theunstoppablewoman.com slash mindset club, and you can find that in the show notes as well and uh, go back and listen to that chapter on auto-suggestion. So you cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can give it what you wish it to act upon. So you can hand over to it because it cannot reject anything that you give to it. So you can consciously choose to hand over to it your plans, your desires, and your purpose. And you can say, this is what I want to accomplish. This is how I want it to happen. This is what I want. And it will start working in this quite mysterious way to translate those desires into concrete form, meaning make manifest. And it does that by connecting to infinite intelligence and showing you the circumstances, the events, the things in this world that will help you achieve what you want. It brings them to your consciousness. It shows you of this amazing world that has thousands of potentialities in it and a thousand trillion million different things to pay attention to look here pay attention here and then you consciously hear something see something run into someone get an idea that is lined up with your plan your desire and your purpose so again today same question as yesterday Again today, what is it that you are actively, consciously choosing to impress into your subconscious? And how much of that is an active conscious choice and how much of it is this autopilot that you're on, constantly thinking about so many things that are actually not what you truly desire to create for yourself? 
For the bonus content of this episode, I want to talk to you about keeping your true desire in your thoughts. That was something we just talked about and, and how it's required to keep your true desire in your thoughts rather than letting other mundane things or distracting things or the worry or the doubt or the fear become your dominating thoughts. So how do we do this? What's the how of that? Well, first and foremost, you've got to really want it. It's got to be more important to you, more meaningful to you than staying safe and staying comfortable. That desire has to be so big and so important to you that it's worth failing for. It's worth getting uncomfortable for. It's worth losing the certainty that might come from staying exactly where you are, even if that's not what you want. There's certainty there. There's safety in that certainty. Doing something different, doing something more is a risk. And you have to want what you want more than you wanting the safety of certainty. Okay, so that's step number one. Do a little check-in there. How badly do you want it? Okay, it's really important that you get clear on this because that's going to set you, set you up for success or going to set you up for frustration. And sometimes you can recognize that you're in an old pattern of staying safe and sane and, co- and have this be a wake-up call and say, no, I really want it. But for others of you, you're going to say, actually, the safe and sane is what I want. And I want to go a little bit smaller and not risk as much. And I'm fine with that. Then you need to, to get your conscious desires in alignment with that. Otherwise, you're going to stay frustrated. But you have to bring this forward and make this a conscious choice. Then the next step is you've got to clear the double binds. The things that say it's not okay to go for more, that go for what you really want. And everyone has these double binds that say, I want this. I want my income goal. I want to go for six figures. I want to go for seven figures. I want to get that Emmy, get that Oscar, whatever, you know, win that Olympic medal, whatever you're going for. Right. But then there's this part of you that has an experience from the past that says it's, it's going to be unsafe to do the thing that you need to do to achieve that goal. That's a double bind. Someone, yourself or someone else, is going to get hurt if you take the action that is required to grow and become more. So you have to clear those double binds. That's one of the biggest things that I do for my clients in VIP days. We look at all of this, business plan, all of that, and what's stopping them from actually taking the action to achieve what they want. And and nine times out of 10, there's a double bind and it's a complete blind spot to them. Step number three, be persistent. When you go off track and you will, you'll go back to your habit of thinking about all the small mundane things that you have to do or getting into worry or getting into doubt. When you go back to those old ways, just go, oh, look, there I go. And, and be persistent with getting back on track. Don't make yourself wrong for going off track. It's going to take you a while to, to build a new pattern. That's okay. Stay on track. The faster you let go of any sort of uh, resistance or make wrong, 
around going off track, the faster you'll get back on track. So be persistent with this. Every time you notice yourself going to thoughts that aren't supportive of your, your true desire, get right back on track. It's a choice and you must be persistent about that. Step number four here would be to set yourself up with accountability. And accountability needs to be both people and systems. Ultimately, you want to be accountable to yourself. That's what I build in my clients, the ability to, to keep their word to themselves. And you want to be able to do that whether someone's watching or not watching, checking in with you or not checking in with you, whether you have a system for it or you don't have a system for it. But as you're building that capacity, it sure is nice to have accountability set up for yourself. And that comes in the form of people and systems. So people would look like an accountability partner, a mastermind. We have the Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. Those women are accountable to each other. They're in small cohorts that check in. They're, they have a methodology for checking in. Okay. They, they, if you work with a coach or a mentor, that's a kind of accountability. That's, that's someone who is going to recognize that you're going off track versus staying on track and hold you to a higher standard. Okay. So you do need people, people who will see you either, you know, keeping your word to yourself or not keeping your word to yourself. And then you need systems too. This might look like calendaring things, phone reminders, calendar reminders, uh, dates with yourself, putting dates, you know, on the calendar to do something uh, for your business, something that might be a daily activity. You could have it on your calendar every morning at eight um, or dates with, with other people, right? If, if you build, you know, if you know that you need to start doing certain things in your business, say you want to, um, you know, this is a podcast. You want to interview people for your podcast. If you put a date on your calendar, right, this is kind of an obvious one, but when you have an appointment with someone, generally speaking, you'll show up for it. Do that with everything in your life. You, if you want to become a runner, get a running partner so that you have a, a date with someone and don't break those dates. Okay. Now you can have a date with yourself too. That's important. And, and yet most people will break dates with themselves. You have to learn how to keep your, your dates with yourself as well. So if it's on your calendar, you do it. Okay. You build new habits. That's a really big one. And, um, it's super, super important. Oh, I forgot one thing. You, you need to have, uh, lots of other systems too. You need to have calendaring for checking in on your numbers, checking in, um, with, you know, I, I use the phrase, make love to the numbers because metrics are so important. And then you have to calendar checking in on the metrics. So you have to keep your stats and then look at them and make sure that those stats are actually the things that are moving you towards your big desire. But really checking in on those regularly is a system and it keeps it present in your mind, whether you are, are going for what you want or you're getting distracted. And, and you have to build that as a habit. That is a new habit that you'll have to build. And we, we help our clients do that in the spirit of wealth by our proprietary accountability system. That is a check-in on a twice daily, weekly, and monthly. And we, we check in on different things in those, uh, times, but it's something that reminds you, cl clues you in, gets you aware 
of whether you're on track or off track. Okay. With that, rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, are you loving this material? We'd love to know. Join our Be Unstoppable Facebook group where we go live answering your questions and sharing even more material to help you step forward powerfully in your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com slash Facebook group. When you get there, leave us a comment or ask us a question. We'd love to hear from you. See you in the group and rock it out and be unstoppable. Be unstoppable.